October 17th, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. I have an urgent message for you, gentlemen. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. The brand that took your balls to space is now launching them into the Ultrasphere. Introducing the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, featuring a new cutting-edge design and next-generation dual skin-safe blade heads for different shades. It's pretty much a spaceship to take your boys downstairs to the next level. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the brand new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra by going to manscaped.com for 20% off to get free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS. Manscaped's fifth generation trimmer features two next-gen interchangeable skin-safe blade heads. Normal wet shaving down there. This bad boy also features dual LED spotlights to provide contrast on multiple skin tones. We're talking three length setting cones for all your desired lengths. Taking it on the go, Manscaped has you covered. This puppy comes with a travel case and even a travel lock feature to avoid any accidental powering and or weird looks in the airport. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. Your balls have been through enough. It's time to go ultra with Manscaped. Not getting that 30 seconds back. All right. Welcome in to William J. Kerlick and Mark Porter. Gentlemen, a lot has taken place since we last convened. Ohio State went to West Lafayette and earned a much-needed win over Purdue. But there's been a bunch on the recruiting front, and there's a bunch coming up. So we will start by quickly looking back. Bill, Ohio State added a commitment from Baltimore native St. Francis Highs, Blake Woodby. He had a very impressive offer list. We kind of thought this was going to happen, and he came through. Your impressions of the addition of Blake Woodby out of Maryland? Well, he's a physical corner who covers well and comes from a great program. Um, you know, it's a great start for the potentially fantastic, spectacular uh, uh, defensive backhaul the Buckeyes could get for 2025. You know, now you got Blake would be starting it off. You've got Devin Sanchez, who will be at Ohio State again this weekend, who uh, he and his family like Ohio State a lot, and he is absolutely as good as it gets as advertised. I've seen him in person. Tremendous, tremendous talent. I would not take any 2025 cornerback over Devin Sanchez. Uh, Dorian Brew is a possibility. Trey McNutt, who I loved when I saw him play earlier this season. And Mark Zachary. I mean, the possibilities at corner for Ohio State for 2025 are incredible. Trey McNutt, by the way, uh, safety too as well. And, and things look pretty good there. Uh, Fahim Delane. Tremendous safety is going to be at Ohio State this Saturday. So great start. And you also now have a finally have a foothold in the St. Francis program. Uh, talent, talent, 
talent galore there. And uh, Blake Woodby will be the first St. Francis guy to ever sign with Ohio State. So uh, good things there, certainly. Used to be the Gilman School in Baltimore had all the players that's moved over to St. Francis. Biff Pogge used to be in there, and I believe he's the coach like down in Charlotte or Coastal Carolina or something like that now. So definitely good to get a foothold in the private school scene in Baltimore because uh, the public school scene is not that great. So they have, a concentrated, they have a concentrated talent down there, and they're working out. All right, Bill, I'm going to go back to you here, and then, Mark, you can uh, follow up. Bill, you got a chance to see Tavian St. Clair play this past weekend. As much as we talk about anybody else, we may talk about Tavian St. Clair more now going forward because we have another year and a half with him here and then however many years as quarterback of the Buckeyes. Your thoughts, a little bit different situation for Tavian. He's not playing the highest level of competition. So um, I think there's always kind of the microscope on him. What did you see? Well, first of all, both of those teams are good high school football teams in their, in their conferences. And, and, you know, they're, they're not division one programs, you know, it's that simple. So, uh, but they are good teams for their conference. They're both, they both were six and two entering that game. They were tied for second place. And by the way, that win for Bell Fountain assured them of a home game in the playoffs. So that was nice for them. Um, but, you know, you, you walk out on the field and you look at uh, both teams and the first thing that comes to at least came to my mind was that Davian St. Clair looks as big or bigger than just about anybody on the field, including the lineman. You know, he's not as heavy, but he's just, you know, he's, he's a legit six, four, I think, uh, looking at him. So physically he looks fantastic. He's got a great arm. Um, the one thing that I was really a little surprised with, he, he didn't do a lot of throwing the ball downfield. They, they had him rolling out more often. But, uh, yeah, he's a really talented kid, and um, uh, I just think the future is great. And if you're one of the fans that believes in running the quarterback some, and to be honest, I am. You know, I don't know that I want Braxton Miller like he was being run all the time because guys get hurt that way. But I like my quarterback to be able to run the ball, uh, a la Joe Burrow. You know, he runs long enough to keep the play alive and find the receiver open. But if he has to, he'll run it. But Tavy and St. Clair definitely can run the ball. So if Ohio State wants to have a little bit more of a running possibility at quarterback, they're going to be able to do so with Tavy and St. Clair. But again, he is absolutely, though, a pocket first quarterback. And, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's what he is with the ability to keep plays alive and run if needed. You know, it's interesting. If we were to pull Bucknutters, uh, who's the best quarterback to play at Ohio State, say, in the last 15 years or so, I wonder if they wouldn't choose Justin Fields just because if you want to talk about a guy who can throw it and run it, um, I know people at the Bears don't think he can throw it, but they don't remember what he was like at Ohio State. I wonder if Justin's not kind of the prototypical college quarterback and it sure would be nice to get some running out of the quarterback, and we saw that with Devin Brown this weekend. All right. I would like to see uh, Justin Fields in a Kyle Shanahan offense, oh. uh, you know, with all, that, with all that time to throw behind that offensive line. The, the talent difference between him and Brock Purdy is <laughs> night and day, and Brock Purdy looks like Joe Montana back there. So I, I don't know if we get a true evaluation. Sorry for that digression, but I just – 
No, I, I remember agree. thinking that the Niners were going to draft draft Justin Fields and how nice it would be to bootleg him out off that zone, and <laughs> uh, I'm still waiting for it. Note to the Bucknutters, you uh, best be on your best behavior because the Sanchez are in the house and they are watching your every word. Mrs. Sanchez will be here this weekend um, escorting Devin. So everybody, best behavior, and you don't call you nutters for nothing. So this is this is legit. And, it's, um, and Mrs. Sanchez, by the way, I met her at Ohio State, and she is a super nice lady who uh, uh, they do they do a lot, the Sanchez parents, for their son. They got a great one, and they do a lot for him as well. My guess is the Ohio State staff will do a lot for them this weekend. That's going to be a very plush red carpet, so uh, we hope he enjoys it. Jonathan Dickens asked, Bill, and we're just going to start going rapid fire here because there's so many questions and there's so much to get to. And then the back half of this, we will tie up whatever needs tied up. What is going on with Jordan Seaton? Bill, Jordan Seaton is going to be able to use his frequent flyer miles. Whichever school he chooses, he is going to be able to take his family to the Caribbean for Christmas. Uh, and no one's paying for flights. He's been to Chicago. Uh, Chicago. I know he was at Colorado. I think he was at Oregon, Washington this past weekend. I'm not really sure, but he's all over the place, but he is a major, major priority. We've had one source tell us they think Jordan Seaton is as good or better than Brandon Baker. Not sure about that, but it'd certainly be a nice, I don't know what to call it, a consolation prize, Bill. Your thoughts on Jordan Seaton, where things stand, and will his recruitment ever end? <laughs> yeah, it'll end, but he's going to go through the process, and I can't say I blame him. I mean, you know, if you're a great player like that and you want to check out schools and evaluate them, uh, nothing wrong with that, nothing at all. Um, he's going to go check out Oregon this weekend. As you mentioned, Dan, he's been to a whole lot of places. The key thing is, though, that as of right now, the plan is he is going to make an official visit to Ohio State uh, for the Michigan State game. That's uh, that's the plan right now. He does change plans. I'll say that uh, at times. So you never know. I, but uh, he is scheduled to visit Ohio State. And he's got Ohio State late, very late in the visit process, so to speak. So uh, we'll see what happens. I'm actually pretty confident in this one, believe it or not. I think if they do get the last visit, I think they'll be in really good shape. I know he, he really did like Ohio State. The, the first dalliance they had with him. So let's hope they can pull that off again. Now, now right now, though, he Ohio State does not have what is supposed to be the last visit. He's got South Carolina November 18th. So, um, again, I they got him late in the process, just not necessarily last. So Jordan Seaton is a Washington, D.C. area native. And I, you don't need me to tell you what South Carolina is doing in the DMV. So that actually is kind of troubling. I may have to double back on my positive vibes there. Thanks to the Dean. All right. Um, let's get this going here. We had a chance to uh, do the eye in the sky yesterday from the game against Purdue. Um, and generally the big thing that came out of the show yesterday and the one the topics tend to, to bust out, Mark, here's my question for you. You've seen, Multiple running backs play for Ohio State this year. And it's now become the question of why isn't Dallin Hayden playing anymore? The general vibe is that, and we didn't really focus on this in, in the uh, Buckeye in the Sky, is that he's not good in pass protection, and that's why he's not playing. 
to my eye, he is the most natural halfback on the team. If you have trouble creating holes consistently, you would want the running back who consistently hits the holes that are there. So is my eye test accurate? Your thoughts on Dallin Hayden? Did you catch him being a liability in pass pro? And if Mark Porter was making Ryan Day money, who would he have at running back? Three good questions. Uh, I wouldn't use Purdue as my case study for is he the man? You know, a lot of good running backs will come in against Purdue and look a little better than they would look. Uh, I did notice our offensive line was coming off the ball. Uh, they've, they've either been watching the podcast or reading the clippings. They had a little extra pop in their their butts, okay? Uh, he does look like a smooth, gliding running back that's just out there for a jog, and he kind of weaves in and out of the holes. It looks easy for him running the ball, and that's a an effortless trade, and I think that's what appeals to most people with him. Um, I did see a highlight package on the uh, web that I didn't make that was him doing a lot of blocking, and they, they tried to show some clips, and some of the things they showed were assignment-related errors in pass pro, which is almost mm. more deadly than not being able to block. Yeah, like uh, not knowing if, yeah, not knowing if you have inside out or outside in, or you know if if you're sliding or if there's a last-second slide. Is you know it's it's a lot going on with these complex third-down defenses. You almost need a, a degree to figure out when linebackers start walking up and safeties start walking up the variables and four-man, five-man, six-man rushes in them making it sound really complex because for some people it can be complex. I mean, you got to memorize the numbers of every guy on defense to know that, Hey, that's a strong, that's a will, that's a Mike. And you know what their responsibilities are. Cause it, what I saw on tape was there was a couple clean run throughs where he was looking to block somebody and there was no one there. So that's the kind that's the type of stuff that uh, coaches fear, you know, like, Hey, I in practice. You did it right all week. We went out there and bullets were flying and, we had a couple of run-throughs. So I, I don't know if it's as much of his pass blocking. Uh, no more than any other tailback struggles with pass blocking. You know, 200-pound uh, guys aren't meant to take on defensive linemen who weigh 300, and they usually never do. But those linebackers at 240, 230 bring a load when they're coming. So I don't want to say he's that weak of a blocker, but I just saw some other things on film that I think people more are alluding to. Uh if I was the coach day, you know, he has a stable and Henderson is my guy because he's the guy that turns six yard gains into the big gains. And he's the guy that sometimes misses the hole or bounces it and still takes it for 20 yards. He's, he's got something to him, but he's not perfect in the stable of backs we have. You know what? They're all different. They, they all bring a little something different to the table. And that's kind of the ideal running back room. You don't want, duplicate copies of the same guy getting the same things out of them. So I, I like what's going on. It, it's unsettling that we haven't settled on one. I think people love a guy, you know, an Eddie George or Maurice Claret, you just hang your hat on them for the game and watch it go. This is always going to be a running back by committee. And, and you hope it doesn't get predictable where when certain guys are in, it's, oh, when he's in, it's outside zone. When he's in, it's pass. When he's in, it's short yard run. When he's in, uh, I don't want that to happen, but I think that's the situation we're in. But 
I love speed at running back. Speed yeah. pays the most dividends. You know, I mean, the, the Cowboys just got rid of Zeke for Pollard because of speed, you know, and, and is it paying off? Is the boy missing the power inside? And so I think you need the Tranium, the, the power inside, and Mayan Williams, their power. And, you know, I think you need all the combinations. Uh, but I do notice the offensive line had some pep in their step. And I don't know if that's just Purdue. We'll see this week. But there's there's a combination of things going on against Purdue this week. Two things I say to that. Uh, one is I talked, we talk ad nauseum here about we may have gotten spoiled at defensive end and wide receiver because of the guys we had before. Um, we got spoiled with Zeke as a pass protector. He is the best blocking running back. I think his last year in Ohio State, he did not miss a block. If you did not miss a block, that means you also did not miss an assignment. Um, and in the NFL, you cannot play a running back if he can't block because your quarterback, who you have 27% of your salary cap invested in, will take a hit. Uh, I want to go Cowboys on this. Tony Roma missed an entire season because Gronkowski's brother was playing fullback and picked up the wrong guy. And someone hit Roma at full speed, broke his collarbone, season over. Can't do that. Also, um, it hasn't been an issue so far because none of these guys can stay healthy. We don't even know who's playing running back each week, so they haven't really had to go with any one guy. I'll just be happy to have two or three healthy dudes um, when it's all said and done. All right. It looks like we've exhausted that. Let's get back to some of these names. William, Mika Hanna, who always gets us going with some very good standard recruiting knowledge questions. Do we flip defensive end committed to Kansas, Amaris Williams? Hard to say right now because he hasn't, he's never been to Ohio State, but that should change this weekend with an official visit this weekend. So, what better time to make your first visit? Uh, but let's wait and see what happens on the visit. I can tell you that the there are people in Florida that they still feel pretty good that um, that he's going to stay with Florida, um, but again, we don't know until he makes that that for at least that first visit to Ohio State. Um, I, I think that there's a reasonable chance that it could happen, but again, I I would hold off saying yes or no until he at least makes the visit. Bill. Mark, you can chime in on this if you've heard anything. Are we in talks with Elijah rushing at all? Mark, this isn't – yours be the next one. You're Elijah King. I get my Elijahs mixed up. Elijah rushing, I believe, is the Arizona kid who was committed, decommitted, and is now expected to go to Oregon, Bill? Yeah, I don't – I just don't see Ohio State there. I mean, I didn't see it from the beginning. I saw Elijah rushing uh, way, way back when he was at Ohio State, talked to him and all that, and – I've just never got the vibe that uh, from the that Ohio State was a top school for him, and I still don't feel like he's going to to, to end up at Ohio State. Da, 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 da. All right. The, the Elijah yeah. King question. Yeah, I, I am in talks. With, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm in talks with the Lincoln uh, people right now about getting a sideline pass. I was told that there are over 200 people that are applying for credentials for the game this week. Pickerington North versus, yeah, Gahanna is a big-time game, uh, big-time records. It's going to be a clash of the Titans. I can see why. So it's making me wonder if I should go down south and maybe see Fairfield and Coleraine, uh, some other schools down there that you know might not be around for a few more weeks. But 
Yeah, I, I wanted to get the update on King. I want to see him get in person. Uh, you know, is he going to be an option here? I don't think so, but I I want to go see and, and, you know, do the full research on it. So hopefully I have an answer for you next week. Charles White, I'm not sure it's the USC running back of the late 70s who was absolutely my favorite player of all time until I was brainwashed elsewhere. Believe it or not, Marcus Allen was his fullback. I believe he had a cup of coffee with the Browns, Bill, but I don't think this is him. Good morning, gentlemen. I'm heading to Columbus this weekend from New York. Can you recommend a high school game this Friday night for me to watch around the Capital Region? Thanks. Did you just name it, Mark? That's it. I think Olentangy Orange and Olentangy Liberty are matching up. Um, I had a few other ones uh, when I was looking at, you know, games for me to go see. But, yeah, that Pickerington North game seems to be one of the better games in the area, especially because you can see in Ohio State. And you know what? We're not sure if Sam Williams Dixon's playing. I would bet he was. He was out two weeks ago when I was going to go see them play. So, you know, we've kind of – he's had a hamstring, I believe, that he's been kind of gingerly working back. And uh, this this may be his debut, but I don't have inside information on that because I'm not sure if I'm going there yet. A battle for the mean streets of Olentangy. Bill can tell you that will be a drag-out, mean-spirited fight between uh, neighbors. Yeah, um, one thing that Mark mentioned in the debut, I uh, I think Mark met re-debut. Sam Williams has played some this year. Um, he has not missed the whole season. He he had a one game where he had 164, 174 yards rushing. He just like Mark said, he got a uh, got an injury, a hamstring type injury, and ooh. he has been out for a little bit. Mike Schaefer. Recruiting, this is, we'll lead this into, Bill, you can kind of give an overview of the red carpet expectations. Recruiting priorities at this weekend's game, Mike asks. Also, how much access do these guys get to the locker room, pregame talks, etc.? William? Well, the second part, it depends who you are. <laughs> uh, you get a lot of access if you're a, a top of the food chain, a top of the board guy. Uh, they'll get to they get to go into the locker room and, and all that. They get they, they get their time, of course, with uh, Ryan Day, and they get plenty of attention. I've been in that recruiting room myself uh, on game days with all the kids in there, and um, you know it, the the coaches know uh, who's going to be there, obviously in advance, and they make sure you know. If you look at a top of the board guy, he's getting plenty of attention from the coaching staff and everybody else sitting in that recruiting room. Um, now, the first part of the question was, let's see, oh, uh, priority guys for this weekend. Well, a whole bunch of them. Um, first of all, almost all of the Ohio State commitments, not quite all of them, but a high portion of the 24, 25, and 26 commitments will be at that game this weekend. In fact, I put a updated article last night on our site that uh, Bucknutters can read. Um, and over three-quarters of the commitments for the three classes combined will be at that game this weekend. As far as uncommitted prospects, we've talked about Amaris Williams, who I expect to be there. Uh, he, he certainly is a headliner. Uh, we've talked about Devin Sanchez. He's as good as it gets for the class of 2025. He is going to be there this weekend. Um, uh, going back, uh, Marquise 
Davis, 2025 running back from Cleveland, will be there staying in Cleveland. You've got Trey McNutt planning to be there. Uh, Luca Gilbert down in Cincinnati, Carter Lowe and Toledo, uh, Justin Hill um, from Cincinnati area. Uh, you've got some great linebackers going to be there. Eli Lee from Akron, who I will have on commitment watch. I love Ohio State for him. You've got DJ McClary. you got Elijah Melendez, uh, Nicole McHale, uh, Nasir Wyatt, all top linebackers. you got Fahim Delane, the safety, planning to be there. Devin Williams, a corner from Buford, planning to be there. So, um, you know, uh, in all that, I probably forgot a name or two, but uh, and there will be some. There's always a guy, one or two guys that you don't necessarily expect to be there. It's only Tuesday, and then come Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you find out he's going to be there. Uh, I did London Merritt, defensive end from Atlanta, great prospect. Amari Williams, the H back, he doesn't. Or Amari Winston, the H back, uh, talked to him last night. He's not a hundred percent sure. Um, that he's going to be there or not, but he may well be there. And I see Jeremiah Smith's name come up. He is one of those many commitments that are going to be in the house. So going to be a huge, huge weekend, Bucknutters. Jeremiah Smith, of course, passed Dylan Rayola in the last top 247 rankings. He is now the number one player in the class overall. Not I haven't he... mentioned Deshaun Montgomery, 2025 wide receiver that the highest state has offered another one. He's, he's going to make a weekend out of it, by the way, he's getting uh, to Ohio state uh, flying in Friday or Saturday morning. And he's staying until Sunday evening. All right. Now the most important thing we've learned on here is North shore high school has scheduled their game this week properly on a Thursday night. So Devin can travel comfortably to Ohio state for the weekend. You can tune in and watch Devin do his thing on YouTube. Generally speaking with YouTube, if you put in North Shore football, my guess is North Shore football Houston and hit the live button. That will come up. But um, let's see if there's any other information on here about that. There's not. All right. But yeah. Don't don't bother Miss Sanchez with that kind of stuff, guys. All right. <laughs> get, to, get to the Google and do it yourself. Jeez. Um all right. Bill, another question for you. And I only ask this because I wonder if this guy they're talking about, his dad was literally one of the toughest swear words I've ever seen on a football field. I'm not sure if there was any one human being totally healthy that I wouldn't want to tackle in a football game. It wouldn't be Brandon Jacobs. So it's not surprising. His son is a left tackle prospect. Hey, Mark and Bill, do you know if OSU is interested in Brandon in Braden Jacobs? Left tackle for Buford, 2026 graduate son of Brandon Jacobs. And by the way, he chose Gwinnett County to have his son go to football. Buford, the names are Dylan Riola is the quarterback at his high school. So there you have it. William, do you know the name? Are we, are we ahead enough on 2026? And if not, I'd like to put in my two cents to recruit Braden Jacobs, sir. Well, uh, Brayden Jacobs actually is a 2025 guy. Even He's better. Whole, Even better. Yeah. He's here soon. He's got a whole lot of offers, including Ohio State. So yeah. if he's got an Ohio State offer, Ohio State's interested. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's a 6'7", 310-pound offensive tackle, 2025, uh, from, from Buford High School. We know Buford. So, uh, yeah, he's on the radar screen, absolutely. 
So you're talking Buford High School, Brandon Jacobs' child. This is making me want to go up and take a walk around the block based on things I like these days. So if he was a cowboy, I probably would leave my job and go and start to help recruit him. Because he was on the Giants, I'll probably hold off. But that is – I can't get over how good the football is down in Gwinnett County, man. If Kirby Smart doesn't win the championship every year, you Georgia fans should be very upset about that. I, I think um, I'm going to start spending a, a month or so during the winter in, in that area. It's it is. You say I, that in jest. Day, it is packed. You say that in jest, but that's actually. I mean, we could probably make some dough on that. Um, this is a little bit more general, and then we'll see if there's any more specifics. Bill and Grand Cuba <laughs> Porter, GP Porter. I like it. I like it. That sounds like a license plate for your next car. I'm just saying. <laughs> That uh, nickname, many, that nickname might be better. GP yeah. is better than Graham Booba. GP, I like <laughs> that. Um, because that makes you ask. Although, speaking of nicknames, I brought you the one for uh Puka Nakua that I heard, the receiver for the Rams. They call him Puka Doncic. I don't know who came up with this one for Stover, Kate Stover, but I love it. Farmer Gronk. That's a good nickname. Farmer Gronk, are you kidding me? That's spectacular. Spe- right, especially if you've seen him on the tractor. Hey, listen, if you commit on the tractor and uh, if you watch any highlight video, they usually use Kate as the man's voice in there. Boy, he's got one of those voices that you're like, I wouldn't want to block him. Bill and GP Porter. I cannot say that enough. How many NFL Hall of Famers have you gotten to scout when they were in high school? Which one or two of those really stood out to you as having that NFL Hall of Fame potential even in high school? Kind of an ambush question, but. Mark, we'll let you go first. Boy, I'd have to go. These are the best players you've seen in high school. Yeah, I was going to say, I really started this in about 2005. And my first assignment was Brandon Sane in a state championship game to go back to that time period. Uh, I don't know if anyone I've seen since then has played a long enough NFL career and has been out of the NFL long enough to be in the Hall of Fame. And if they have, you know, like – Let's let's do this. Uh, the Hall of Famer that I was closest to was Jason Taylor because I had to block him for a couple of years when I was a tight end at Kent State. So there's my closest dealings to a guy in a yellow jacket. And I will say Jason Taylor was a homeschool kid who went to Akron to play basketball. In his first couple of years, he was probably 6'5", 200 pounds. And I'd love to show you those game films of Mark Porter versus a Hall yeah. of Famer against a 200-pounder, but I would not like to show you the game films when he was 240 or 250 pounds a few years later. You could see where the Hall of Fame career was starting. I would have uh, seen a lot of good ones. Yeah, I mean – Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I, it's really – I get asked this question a lot, and I go to like a brain freeze where, oh, my gosh, hundreds, I, all of them. Any guy that's ever been to the NFL I've watched in high school – it just it boggles my mind sometimes. Maybe Bill will help jar something, but Hall of Fame might be too soon for me. Yeah, Bill, I would have trouble blocking Joy Taylor. Um, and now we're watching Mason Taylor, Jason Taylor's son, who's a NFL prospect at tight end for LSU. Bill, guess who's not getting the excuse of not having seen guys for long enough? <laughs> the Dean! Uh, I know you've seen Orlando Pace, so we can start with that one and uh, build from there. Yeah, I, uh, the thing is, I don't, uh, I can't honestly tell you who all's in the Hall of Fame. I really don't follow it that closely. 
But I'll tell you what, I, and I've said it on this show more than once, the two best guys, well, in Ohio at least, that I would put at the very top of my list, Orlando, the big old pace, and then Andy, the big cat, Katzenmoyer. Katzenmoyer is not in the Hall of Fame, but uh, Orlando's, I got to say, is number one on my list. And uh, uh, as far as other guys, I really don't know which ones are in the Hall of Fame, to be honest. Uh, that's the problem there. You know, uh, Robert Smith is not in the Hall of Fame, but he was certainly an incredibly great high school football player, no doubt. Um, uh, but again, my two guys are Orlando Pace and Andy Katzenmoyer. I've always said Marshawn Lattimore was a jump off the field electric player that I would like brag up to people about like, Oh, you got to see this guy. You know, he's really one. And, you know, Braxton Miller is not a hall of fame guy, but boy, in high school watching him, he, he was as close to Michael Vick at, at a time where Michael Vick was the rage where you're like, Oh my gosh, look at this kid just destroy football fields. Um, seen some great defensive ends come through in our time. So, but boy, I, I know I, I hate answering this question because I know I'm probably leaving out two or three guys. I, I know I just heard on the radio. I think Kyle Schwarber hit a uh, first inning, first swing at bad home run. He registered on scouting Ohio at one point in time for Middletown. I was a middle linebacker and was one of those things where, hey, Mr. Porter, can you help me get recruited for football? <laughs> you know, so. He might be one of the best players that's ever been on, you know, through the, my system. You know, there's, so there's a lot of unique things out there. And, and I'm not much of a baseball right, guy. I think he made the right decision, though, going baseball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty fun to watch a team like the Phils win the World Series with all players from your team. Schwarber, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper. If you need any more Nats, just be willing to pay them. Best player I've ever seen in high school. I've thought about this. I think it's Percy Harvin. Uh, Percy Harvin in high school was literally the Allen Iverson uh, from the same area. Sounds exactly the same. Got that gravelly voice. At 18, he sounded like he was a Marlboro Red guy. Um, scored a touchdown five different ways in a champion, state championship game. And if you Google anything where you have former players, like the U thing, the Florida stuff about this came out, when they talk about Percy Harvin, uh, he's one of the best players. I mean, he didn't turn out to be a Hall of Famer because of his, I think, off-field proclivities. But in terms of on-field stuff, he's he's the best player I've seen in person. So there you have it. And Michael Vick, by the way, also a Virginia native. He was not the most famous guy in Virginia, and he only went to Virginia Tech because he would not go anywhere that was recruiting a guy named Ronald Curry. Ronald Curry was at Hampton High School and was – the most famous high school athlete ever in the state of Virginia and uh, actually went to North Carolina to play football and basketball after shunning uh, the very first under the table NIL stuff with Nike in Virginia and uh, played with the Raiders and such. But the man himself, Michael Vick did not do that. All right. Um, do we take one? Okay, Bill, last question. And then we'll literally let you go. We'd be remiss if we didn't ask about him. What is the situation with Booker Pickett? I haven't heard his name as much lately, Bill. Have the, has the Booker Pickett ship sailed? Well, I will say somebody asked me about him yesterday and said that they had seen somewhere else, whatever, that he was going to be at Ohio State this weekend. That is not correct. 
Booker Pickett is not going to be at Ohio State this weekend. Um, they've got other guys on the board ahead of him uh, right now. Amaris Williams and then the kid. Uh, and again, Amaris Williams is a th- – these two guys are more defensive end edges. Booker Pickett is a, a, a linebacker edge guy. Um, but uh, the guys that they are really looking at right now to play on the edge are Amaris Williams and Deshaun Warner and had uh, an article about Deshaun Warner yesterday on Buck Nuts that he is uh, probably, I think he'll end up visiting Ohio State for the Michigan State game. He is not going to be at Ohio State this weekend. Uh, but again, Booker Pickett is, is not somebody that will be at Ohio State this weekend. I remember these guys because that's my high school. I'm a class of 89. I think Ricky Powers was Akron Buckdoll or Bookdoll. How do you pronounce it correctly? Buckdoll. He was a stud, went to Maryland. Those two guys were like mentioned hand in hand, you know. Robert Smith was kind of known because I actually lived in college with some guys from St. Joe's, and he was from Euclid and didn't go private school. Um, that's facts. And this nickname, that is Allen Iverson's nickname. If you know uh, – what people call him back home, they call him Bubba Chuck. His first debut in the D.C. area was in the Kenner League in the summer, playing for the Tombs Bar 30 in the first half. And I was a bouncer at the Tombs that summer. We digress. It's what we do here. Uh, we'll have tons more stuff coming this week. Keep in mind, we will have a complete red carpet rundown on Thursday's show. Bill will have a chance to, by that time, we'll have most people's plans will be solidified. And then we'll also let you know where these guys are headed for the weekend. We will dive deep on Penn State. By the way, that's kind of a big game this weekend. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you will